Good morning, good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book study. My name is Monica, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. And today is Friday, the 21st day of November 2014. And today we are reading from the big book. We are in the chapter, Bill's Story, and we are on page 13, and the second paragraph that begins, There I Humbly Offered. And today's readers are The Twelve Steps, Carol G., Twelve Traditions, Mara Z., and then Kim, Carolyn S., Anita L., Deanna B. And the share code for yesterday, Thursday, the 20th of November, is 7050. 7050. OA Preamble. Readers Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. This meeting's primary purpose is to abstain, to recover from compulsive overeating, and to carry this message of recovery to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that, People who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and the 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. And I will now ask Carol G. to please read the 12 steps. Good morning, Monica. Thank you. This is Carol, gratefully recovered compulsive overeater in a foggy England town. The 12 steps. One, we admitted we were powerless over food that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. 9. Made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. 10. Continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong promptly admitted it. 11. Sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. 12. Having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you. Thank you, Carol. I will now ask Mara Z to read the 12 traditions. Thank you, Monica. Can you hear me? Yes, I can. Good morning. This is Mara Z in Virginia, recovered compulsive overeater for today. Twelve traditions of OA. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, 
loving God as he may express himself in our good conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media communication. And 12, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personality. Thank you, and I pass. Thank you, Mara. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinent requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinent requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star 1 to unmute. And once you're done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star 1 to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone, except the speakers, should be muted. And today we are resuming our study of the big book. We are in the chapter Bill's story. We are on page 13, and we will be revisiting the second paragraph that begins, There I humbly offered. And I will ask Kim G. to begin reading, please. Thanks, Monica. There I humbly offered myself to God as I then understood him, to do with me as he would. I place myself unreservedly under his care and direction. I admitted for the first time that of myself I was nothing, and without him I was lost. I ruthlessly faced my sins and became willing to have my newfound friend take them away root and branch. I have not had a drink since. And good morning, everyone. My name is Kim G, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. And that line, I place myself unreservedly under his care and protection, unreservedly, without reservation, full, entirely, and direction, direction. I'm going to take directions now. I, I heard once that step three is simply the decision to stop making decisions. 
I'm going to take some action now. We're going to see in Bill's story, pages one through eight, is Bill coming to the conclusion that he is powerless. This idea that he has two alternatives. One is to blot out the consciousness of his intolerable situation, and the other is to go for spiritual help. You know, that's an important line for me because as long as I thought that intolerable situation was being in the food, then the simple solution was to get out of the food. But once I understood that that intolerable situation was being abstinent, that I am so uncomfortable with being abstinent, that I am restless, that I am irritable, that I am discontent, I am so uncomfortable with my own skin, that I come down to two alternatives. One is to pick up the food and the other is to pick up the steps. And it took us eight pages for Bill to see his true problem with sobriety. The powerlessness was not three glasses into the gin. The powerlessness was his inability to pick up the gin to begin with. And then in 8 through 12, we see his step two, him coming to that conclusion that he needs the power. And that's all step two is. If lack of power is my dilemma, then the solution is power. That conclusion of needing a power has propelled Bill to put himself in the hospital, become separated from alcohol, and now to come to make that decision to seek that power. So we're going to see in pages 13 and 14, Bill is going to take the rest of the steps. And I think that's so consistent with how this book is set up. If anyone wants to go to the table of contents um, in this book, we have chapter of the doctor's opinion, Bill's story, there is a solution, more about alcoholism, all on step one, all helping us to come to that conclusion of that we're powerless and what that means. We agnostics, which is step two, is a full chapter. And then how it works is steps three and four, working with others into action is steps five through 11, and working with others is step 12. So once we come to this conclusion, once he comes that he unreservedly will put himself under the care of God and he's going to take direction. The screws are there. That he is hopeless and helpless unless he finds a power greater than himself. He's making this decision and he's going to walk through these steps very quickly. And that directly lines up with my experience coming to the conclusion I'm powerless, coming to the conclusion I need a power is where my resistance is. And once that resistance is done and I make that decision, the steps are come very quickly because I know I need that connection with a higher power or I am doomed. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Kim. All right, and Charles. who would like to share on this paragraph? Okay, Charles. Charles. Anybody else? This is Bella. Can I share? Bella. Anyone else? Larry. Larry. And I think I heard someone else. All right. Charles, Bella, and Larry. We'll start with that order. Charles, you're up. Thank you, Monica, for your continued service. Good morning, visionaries. My name is Charles. I eat so much of a covered visionary just for today. And, yeah, uh, you know, page 13, I just I just love that page. First of all, I love all the pages. Um, second of all, I'd like to thank my higher power, God, for waking me up this morning, you know, 86,400 seconds in a day. Did I take a couple of seconds to thank my HP for literally waking me up? So I'm going to thank you. Again, humbly I offered myself to God as I understood him, to do with me as he would. I placed myself unreservedly 
under his care and direction. Perfect third step right there. Not me. I'm talking about this is a perfect third step done. And um, I ruthlessly face my sins. Just like I ruthlessly bench, I face my sins, and my newfound friends took them away, root and branch. You know, to become in a recovered state of mind, i got to have my problems taking away root and branch. So if you just take away the branch, that's white knuckle abstinence. And any little thing is going to rock my boat, and I'm not going to be able to, to deal with it. So root and branch that doesn't mean that I'm cured. Root and branch means, means if I go back a little bit under his care and direction, and I'm admitted for the first time that of myself I am nothing. I am nothing. Like, I didn't do this. I just, you know, God will move the mountain if I bring the shovel. I just bring the shovel every single day. I bring the shovel by listening. Sometimes I don't chime in, but, you know, when they, when these big-time paragraphs like this one is a powerhouse, you know, I'm, I'm sorry y'all uh, reading number three. I just don't think you, you get ready to read page 164 because it's going to be a lot of good money on this. So with that, I'm going to pass and listen to the rest of the visionary. My name is Charles. I eat too much of recovered visionary. Thank you, Monica. Thank you, Charles. Bella, you're up. Thank you. Good morning, everybody. My name is Bella G, and I'm a thankful recovered compulsive overeater. Thank you, Monica, for doing this service, and thank you very much, everybody on the line. There I humbly offered myself to God. Wow. This is the sentence that took me out from prison, from my own prison. This is the sentence that really explain what means to live in freedom, to live the life, to really enjoy life. Wow. Yes. I, I humbly offered myself to God. Thank you, God, that that's it. I don't need any more anymore to prove myself. I don't need any anymore to to get the permission of to live from other people. Thank you, God, that that's it. I don't need to please people. I don't need any more to be accepted by people. I am powerless. I am powerless because this is the way that God created me. I am a thankful human, and I am powerless. And therefore, I need a higher power. And I, I, I have only one power. I have the power to choose. And today, now, I choose to be connected to a higher power, to an acceptance, respectful power, the power of God. And today, I am connected to God. I need His approval. And by being alive, this is the most approval. And Today I live in freedom. Today I, I choose to offer myself to God. N- today I know that I don't need the food to, to quiet my feelings. I don't need the food as a runaway. Today I don't need to run away. Today I am connected to God that loves me and respects me and accepts me. Thank you for letting me share, and I pass. Thank you, Bella. And Larry, you're up. 
Thanks, Monica. Uh, Larry Kay, Recovered Compulsive Overeater from Chicago. Um, thanks for your service. So, you know, here uh, we read about Bill, and, you know, he's, he's talking about, I guess at the bottom there, I ruthlessly faced my sins and became willing to have my newfound friend take them away root and branch. I've not had a drink since. In this paragraph, you know, I was taught, I had written in the margins here, steps three and four. Sounds a lot, looks a lot like steps three and four. And, you know, what strikes me here so powerfully is that, you know, Bill didn't get his life in order first and then turn to God. You know, in point of fact, he did the exact opposite. He turned to God first, and only then did his life begin to change, you know, in a, in a dramatic fashion. And you see, I, I mean, I, I think back, I tried desperately to get my life in order first. You know, only then feeling ready or worthy of beginning the steps. And and that's why for me, you know, hopefully your experience would be a little different, but I, I spent, you know, the better part of five years uh trying to get my life in order of my own my own will. You know, maybe put the food down and, and, and of course we need to do that, lose some weight. Um, try to begin to try to treat people better. Try to you know do all these all these things. Let me let me see if I can get these bedevilments um, in order myself first, and then I'll be worthy of of God. Then I'll be worthy of taking these steps. And you know I I advocate for diving into this practical program of action right away. And, and some some don't agree with that. But that's what these steps are, are precisely what they're about, you know, bringing God into the deal. Without God, I'm, I'm hopeless. You know, there's no doubt about that. And, you know, it's funny, in the early days of AA, when, when, a, when a newcomer, you know, if you or I came to the first meeting and asked about working the steps, you know, th- those who, who, who had already experienced this spiritual transformation, they'd usually ask, you know, well, you know, if I wanted to work the steps, well, when do you want to get well? When do you want to get better? <laughs> if you want to get better now, let's get started now. And unfortunately, we don't necessarily see that approach in the rooms uh, too often today. I know I didn't. Um, the time to, to work the steps is, you know, we can spend years in preparation. Forget it. At least that's my experience. We need to get, we need to hurry up and get moving. This is a practical program of action, not contemplation, not a practical program of analysis and turning this over in our mind. I mean, I, I'm not a good sponsor with people like that. I'm not a good sharing partner with people like that because it, it just didn't work for me. You know, God did this for me. I didn't do this for myself, but I had to take action. Thank God for Alcoholics Anonymous. With that, I'll pass. Thank you, Larry. And who else would like to share on this paragraph? Barbara, Melissa C. Barbara, I'd like to share. This is Vasa. Vasa. Sarah W. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I know I've missed one person here. I think I'm doing fine this morning here. Barbara, Anita, Melissa. There was somebody between Melissa and Vasa and and Sarah W. Hiya. Okay, let's start with that. All right. Um, Barbara, you're yes, up. I am. Thank you. This is Barbara, recovered compulsive reader in Massachusetts. And this paragraph takes me through my own experience with steps three and four. And when it says, I humbly offered myself to God, as I then understood him to do with me as he would. Well, I had understood God 
I'm going to call it God. It was really a false God to be food. That didn't work. Therapists, that didn't work. Courses, retreats, fasts, whatever. My history, whatever everyone else's history is too. So when I came to the program and an early sponsor gave me a book that had at its beginning, Dear God, I Resign, it was very clear to me, wow, okay, I was really playing God. I'm going to recreate myself. I couldn't do a fearless inventory ever because I was so afraid I couldn't recreate myself. But to to have to, you know, really go to God as I understood God and know it couldn't be the sponsor, it couldn't be the fellowship, it could no longer certainly be food and all those other attempts, groups, courses, whatever. So God as I understood God. I had to get a new understanding of God if I was going to have any kind of clarity and life and chance to get out of that misery of compulsive overeating and that unmanageable life. So I had to be open to and not the religious God that didn't work for me, but an expansion, a deepening, whatever, wherever God was going to lead me and give me people and, and the book and the readings to help me do that. Uh, and that's what happened. And for the first time, I didn't have to run it. I couldn't run it. I couldn't be in charge. And therefore, as this sponsor said, all else has failed. And when all else fails, follow directions. So here are the directions, and um, to to face you know ruthlessly, I ruthlessly faced my sins and and became willing to have my new friend and remove them. Well, for the first time, I could do a fearless inventory because I didn't have to be afraid because it didn't depend on me. It didn't depend on other people that weren't the power greater than me to have it work. It was a new new release, a real surrender, and. Whew, what a relief that is. Thank you, God, for that grace. And I pass. Thank you, Barbara. Anita, you're up. Good morning, everybody. My name is Anita L., recovered for today from Philadelphia. Uh, my higher power, my my newfound friend, took away them root and branch. And so uh, what that brought to my mind is many years ago when uh, I first started doing gardening, a friend of mine said, you know, if you just pull the uh, branch off or, you know, the top part of the weed, then it's just going to come back again. You have to take out the entire root and then it will be gone. And so the way that I'm relating that to my disease is if I just take away part of my willingness, part of my honesty, part of my trigger or binge foods and keep some of them in there, then I'm never going to get to the the whole truth. I'm never going to be totally free because I didn't dig down deep enough and remove and release all of the problem. And this time around, I have been willing to be 100% honest, 100%. This is part of the difference in my recovery this time, is that I was willing to surrender it all. 
over to my higher power. And why did I do it this time and not the others? It was enough. It was enough. How many years did I have to do the same thing over and over and over again? You know, because I love the food so much that I let go of my higher power and allowed the food to envelop my life. And so this time I want to be totally free and I want, I do carry the message to others every day, even when it's not convenient, because I learned this time around that I must enlarge my spiritual life or else I'll go right back in the food. And I'm so grateful. Yesterday I took on a new sponsee. I felt on top of the world when I hung up from her. I was so happy that I made that phone call to a newcomer yesterday. And that's what it's all about, giving to others and carrying the message. And now my root has been removed and I am God's child and willing to carry the message. So thank you for letting me share. Thank you so much for everybody, especially for this phone meeting. With that, I'll pass. Thank you, Anita. Melissa, you're up. Hi, this is Melissa C. from New York, a recovered compulsive overeater. And thank you so much for your service. Um, you know, the... Uh, Taking it away, root and branch, and letting it go, root and branch, um, I, I, I makes me reflect on how many times before I didn't want to let the root go with the branch. I wanted um, an easier, softer way. I wanted to just chop up a couple of branches, lose some weight, go on the OA diet, try the Gracie diet, go to this person's nutritionist, take, you know, um, try vegetarianism, everything to really avoid uh, the root, you know, pulling the root out. And, and you know, as we're listening to Bill's story and I hear, um, you know, how low he had to go before he was willing to give it all over to, to God and to let go of the root along with the branch. And, and I'm so grateful that I, too, had to hit a horrible bottom, you know, where I would think, can't get any worse, and there I am. I'm worse, worse and worse and worse until finally it's so bad that there is no other choice. There is nothing else. And, you know, you hear someone else's story of recovery and you witness someone else's transformation, um, and that's the beginning of the awakening. Um, and, you know, I feel I give it all over to, to God every morning. I, um, you know, it's a choice. It, that part is a choice. That part is a daily decision. Um, and, of course, there's action that we have to take. And I love when I hear that, that this program of recovery is not for people who need it. It's not for people who want it, but it's, you actually have to do it. You've got to, to do the footwork. Um, letting it all go. And, you know, for me, the, the transformation has been unbelievable. People are, you know, yes, the physical transformation is really noticeable, and, and that's wonderful. But along with it, there's something else that's occurring in me um, that, you know, is 
completely outside of myself. I could never have made these changes in my life, my attitude, without God, without a spiritual awakening happening in me. And, you know, and I know I'm carrying this message. Um, I think about my workplace where there's a lot of craziness and um, not necessarily food addiction, but, um, you know, complaining can be um, an addiction too. I think that, you know, a complaint for me is like a bag of potato chips. It starts out with like a good idea, you know, I'm just going to share my trouble, and then all I'm doing is consuming it uh, endlessly and, and living in it. And, you know, and because I've been able to give it to God, you know, root and branch, um, I don't feel the need to commiserate with people the same way. I'm, I feel like I'm, I'm a source of solution, of, um, of light, and everything is, you know, that, that's too big for me. It's meant to be too big for me because there is one that has ultimate power, and that one is God. Uh, you know, and I think they find it now. And uh, thank you. With that, I'll pass. Thank you, Melissa. Fasa, you're up. Did you say Vasa? I did. Thank you. Thank you so much, everybody, for being here. And I am Vasa, O Recovered Compulsive Overeater, calling from Florida. And uh, this was my last stop coming to Overeaters Anonymous. And I hit bottom. You know, there was no place to turn anymore, nowhere to go. And, again, it took about one week for my sponsor to 12-step me before I came to my first OA meeting. And uh, I remember when she took me to my first meeting, I was excited, you know, and I could identify with the people there. You know, they were like me, and I felt so much at home for the first time, you know. And um, and I just, I just listened, and I just listened, and I absorbed, and, you know, and then, you know, when we held the hands around at the end of the meeting, saying the Lord's Prayer. I didn't even know how to say the Lord's Prayer. I was embarrassed. I had to learn it at home so I wouldn't feel like I was the only one didn't know it. But anyways, I remember, you know, she brought me home. We stayed in our, in our, on our, dri- in our driveway, for about, in my driveway, for about mm, 10 minutes. And she said, well, the only thing you have to do is just surrender to God, Vasa. You know, there's no place, no way to go. You've done it. You know, it hasn't worked, you know. And that was, you know, and I, I said, okay, I will do whatever you want me to do. So I ran home through the kitchen in the bathroom, and I closed the door in the bathroom, and I humbled myself, and I got on my knees, and I was terrified to surrender to God. I didn't know what this God was going to raise me or, 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 or push me down, you know. But anyways, I'm so glad that I took the risk, you know. And it was for me, it was live and die, you know. No, I wasn't obese yet, but the progression was there. I'm little. I lost 30, 35 pounds, you know. And I'm only five, one, five, one, five feet and one. And But I was on the way up, up. This was my last stop. I said, if I don't do this, I'm just going to die. And I'm so grateful that I listened and I obeyed and I surrendered to God. And I said, God, I offer myself to you to build with me. And whatever, in my own words, I didn't know the, the full prayers, 
But I admitted I was powerless. I did step one, two, and three, and I was willing to surrender. But 150 surrender with the food. With my life and my world, I was getting a little suspicious in that area yet, you know. But I thank God I did. I had the biggest spiritual experience in my ever, ever in my life that I never had. And that's when I started my abstinence on uh, October 25th, 1986 at 10 o'clock that night. And I marked my calendar and my sponsor said, that's going to be your birthday. And it is. That's the birthday that I celebrate because that's when my life started changing for better. I'm just so, so blessed to have found OA. And I know God brought me to OA because I prayed before that. If you're there, God, please show me where you are. And not too long, I was brought to Overeaters Anonymous. And then I threw myself into the program, and I threw myself into the steps. I knew I needed to take an action. God was not going to bring my abstinence or my program on a tray. I had to go out there and work. Thank you for letting me share, and I pass. Thank you, Vasa. Sarah W., you're up. Good morning. Thank you, Monica, for your service. This is Sarah W., Grateful Recovered Compulsive Overeater. Uh, what a beautiful paragraph and how um, it has a lot of meaning for me. Um, I, I just wanted to stop at the word humbly because I think it's a really important word. And, and in the Concordance, which is a big book dictionary, um, it says, as far as humbly, it says... Um, It says, having or showing feelings of humility rather than of pride or arrogance, not showing or feeling superiority towards others, being aware of one's shortcomings, reflecting a spirit of submission or courteous yielding to the opinions, wishes, or judgment of others. And for me, you know, I was never humble. (laughs) I was always either a know-it-all or I was less than. Um, you know, that's the way I always uh, saw myself. And today what I realize is to really have what this program offers, I have to be that empty vessel. I have to really be open to being open-minded. And, um, you know, I've heard it said, you know, willingness is a one-person job. And, you know, this isn't a program that just falls on us and, and it just happens to us. We have to do some work, and it is, um, you know, in the beginning of my book um, in 2012, I wrote, Dear Sarah, you are never going to have your way again as long as you live. Love God. P.S. If you follow the directions in this book, you will thank me for it one day at a time. And that's been true. That has been true. And I, I did, back in 1995, I did a stepping up ceremony, which was beautiful, uh, but I got it in my head after five years of, of um, sponsoring and, and beautiful uh, God-graced abstinence. You know, I got it in my head that I could do it alone and that I had it down. Uh, and let me tell you, that, that disease of ours really does get stronger, and um, it's very powerful. And, you know, you may not die of it, but, but you know, for me, what happened was that I, I was a walking dead person. I mean, I just didn't have any um, any any passion, any, um, I don't know, you know, just very unhappy woman. 
and I'm not there today. You know, I'm so grateful for that. You know, in this paragraph, it's really a third to a seventh step. It, it also has, uh, not only does it have a fourth step, but, you know, it talks about, um, you know, God removing from us due to our willingness, um, taking away root and branch, you know, taking away those defects of character. And, uh, you know, that has happened for me. Uh, you know, it's not, I'm not a perfect person, but, you know, change is the name of the game. It is the name of the game, and that is what happens when we put our problems on the side and we work our steps the problems do really dissipate, and we do get better. There is no doubt about it. And, you know, I think it's a 100% working program if we work it. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Sarah. Haya, you're up. Star one to unmute. Haya? Okay, great. Hi. Can you hear me? Yes. Oh, thanks, Monica. Hi, everybody. This is Haya. Very grateful, recovered for today. Compulsive eater and bulimic um, in Denver, Colorado. And, uh, you know, I just want to, you know, there's a not, whole lot to add to what people have shared. Um, just trying to bring it up on my phone, the paragraph. Um, I also, um, here's the piece that I wanted to point out. It says, at the hospital, I was separated from alcohol for the last time. Treatment seemed wise, for I showed signs of delirium tremens. There, I humbly offered myself to God. And, and then, again, you know, like Sarah just said, step three through step seven. Um, you know, I think what's so powerful here, what we can learn from this, or at least what I learned from this, is the connection between you know, putting down the substance and getting right to the steps. Because step one and step two really are conclusions. It's not something I take. It's something that I conclude. I concluded, he concluded in this case, that he was licked when it came to alcohol. It was like he couldn't drink it because if he drank it, he was going to want, you know, have the craving. And when he stopped drinking on his own, he just was obsessed with drinking, you know, again. Um, so the mental obsession, the physical allergy, that's what I concluded in step one. And, you know, I've been an Overeaters Anonymous for many, many years and almost three decades, and um, I grew up here and, um, and, and had de- very you know, different along the way um, iterations of abstinence. The road got cleaner along the way for me and um, was in the book for many years and then um, whatever, the way God had it, kind of got away from the book and there was a lot of focus on just the food and the abstinence and and what it's teaching me here is that I must follow up putting down the food this conclusion of step one that I'm powerless and my life's unmanageable then you know and in, in this with Bill and, and, and with me followed with well if I'm out of power I need power so step two is a conclusion for me right that we've been discussing for the last couple of days is step two of there's got to be a power greater than me. And just that willingness, that size of a peephole, right? The, the size of a peephole. I just gave a class last night, and I was using the image of a door. A door, you know, you, you look at the door, and you can't see anything from the physical thing. You can't see anything beyond the door. It's, it's like the door, and that's it. You can't see anything else. But if you have a peephole there, you look through the peephole, and you can, see everything. you can see that there's beyond but there's way beyond. And so the step two was this peephole. Oh, I can see maybe there's something beyond this. 
Um, maybe there's something beyond the, this idea of God that I have. And so step two was just a conclusion that I needed power, and I came to believe that there was something that could help me. And then step three is when I, you know, enlisted in God's army thanks to this particular meeting, which studies the book, and, I, and, I, and really fully studies what step one is. That's really what I needed to understand what step one is. And step two was this conclusion that I, I needed a power, and that's what Bill concluded. And now he's saying immediately. So that put him in the hospital, right? Because I got to dry out. I got to get, but I have to follow it up with the steps. And so it's teaching me here that once I separate from the substance, if I don't follow it up with the steps, I'm just going to go back to the substance eventually. Then, then the conclusion of step one really wasn't taken. So it's, it's great what we're learning here, and it's a message for all of us that for those of us who are recovered, that to stay in step 10, 11, and 12, I can't let up. It's not a pressure thing. It's like what Sarah said, like, I'll thank God for it. It makes my life amazing. And for those of you that have never gone through the steps or stopped at a step, it's like taking half a dose of the antibiotic when the doctor always says, remember, finish the antibiotic, otherwise you're going to get sick again. And I've seen that happen. I'm very, very grateful that the lessons that this book is teaching me. Thanks for letting me share with that idea. Thank you, Haya. And this is Monica, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. And so here we are, Bill's story, and he's we're reading the beginning of the paragraph, obviously, is this step three. And what I like about here is I place myself unreservedly, you know, 100% under his care, his care and direction. That was very hopeful to me. That was soothing to me. I wasn't reading. I was, being, I was placing myself under his servitude, under his care and his direction. And with that, I'll pass, and let's move on to the next paragraph. And Carolyn S., would you read for us, please? Yes, hi. Um, <clears throat> this is Carolyn S., a recovered compulsive overeater from New York. My schoolmate visited me, and I fully acquainted him with my problems and deficiencies. We made a list of people I had hurt or to whom I felt I'd read resentment. I expressed my entire willingness to approach these individuals, admitting my wrong. Never was I to be critical of them. I was to write all matters to the utmost of my ability. Um, so up to this point, we've seen uh, Bill take step one. You know, when he's in quicksand of himself, he is nothing. Um, so I can't, basically, um, to see uh, the miracle of Evie um, in a man who was, was hopeless and helpless, just like Bill was. So that's God can. And then um, the decision to uh, let God do what he can't do for himself, humbly offering himself to God, set free. Now he places himself unreservedly under his care and uh, you know, he faces his sins. Okay, so that, that takes us through step four. This next paragraph is steps five through nine in a, in a nutshell. So Evie comes. He acquaints him with his problems and deficiencies. So he's going to turn over um, the step four he's done right above here by ruthlessly facing his sins. And um, so that's step five. He made a list. Um, well, he made the list. It's okay, four. Uh, that's five right there. Making the list is eight, right? Entire willingness, um, and he was to write all matters to the best of his ability. 
so we're already up to step nine here. So in, in a very short amount of time, in a, in a few pages, um, we've f- focused on, you know, I can't, God can. And then here in two paragraphs, I'm going to let God, that's the decision, and then I'm going to take the actions to get to recovery. And um, if anyone thinks this program is complicated, read these two paragraphs because it's all here and it's very simple. Um, and then, you know, we know what comes next is the maintenance and growth, growth underlined um, of your spiritual condition. So, um, you know, and I want to just go back to the last paragraph for a moment, root and branch, he's removing these things. You know, when you see a, a huge, beautiful tree, um, we know that the roots underneath the ground that we can't see are just as big as the tree. Um, so if we just chop down the tree, um, you know, what is left? Just as big a, a thing underground. And um, if that's not removed, you know, the tree's going to grow back. And in this case, the tree is our disease. Um, we have to dig a huge circle, as big as that tree was, and take all those roots out. And that is a big job. Um, but if we don't do that, we are not ever going to be maintaining our, our spiritual condition. And, um, you know, I, I always use somebody's example from uh, from these rooms that, you know, we are walking up a down escalator. If we stand still, we go backwards. Okay, so if we keep walking, we'll stay where we are. Um, step 12 is the maintenance and growth. It's really the growth because we know if we fail to enlarge our spiritual condition, we will fall. So I can't just walk on that down escalator. I have to walk fast if I'm going to make any kind of upward progress. And, and there's really no end to that escalator. Um, but I have to keep moving forward, keep picking up the pace. And this is, you know, where I tend to fall short. And um, some days I'm, I'm doing really well, and some days I'm going backward on the down escalator. Um, you know, it, this, this is not a, a process that ever ends. And that's something I used to find depressing because it's like, really, I never graduate? And now I realize that with each, you know, forward motion, with each growth in my spiritual condition, comes deeper and deeper promises. Um, you know, there, there really isn't a limit to this fourth dimension of existence. I mean, except our own humanity. But I can keep growing. I can keep expanding my spiritual life. I can get more humble, more peaceful, more serene, more useful. And it is more incredibly wonderful as time passes. Um, and with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Carolyn. And who would like to comment on this paragraph? Star one to unmute. Would anyone this like to comment? This is Sharon Ace. May I share? You may, Sharon. Go ahead. <clears throat> Thank you, Monica. Uh, I'm just so amazed at these paragraphs that we're reading, which more or less just encompasses the, all 12 of the steps in, in just a few paragraphs. And um, so, you know, I just see uh, he ruthlessly faced his sins. Uh, six and seven, he asked his uh, God is his newfound friend to take them away, root and branch. And that was the beginning of not having a drink ever again. And then um, he goes on to step eight and nine in this paragraph where he makes a list of the people he had hurt and then uh, expresses his willingness to approach these individuals and make things right, admitting his own wrongs. And um, this is just so amazing to me that the whole 
process of the steps are just incorporated in these <clears throat> few paragraphs. And yet that, that is the way it is. Uh, once we put that food down and we start to move through these steps, each one of these chapters before this do prepare us to see that we do have that seemingly hopeless state of mind and body, and it will never change. And we cannot change it. That does require um, a power far greater than ourselves in order for that to happen. And uh, the other thing I wanted, just wanted to comment on is where we say it says he placed himself unreservedly under his care and direction. And that doesn't mean, you know, we place ourselves above that direction, nor do we think we're equal with that direction. We are now willingly committing and being willing to be under his care and his direction each new day as he continues to teach us how to live out what we see in these two paragraphs in our lives. And with that, I pass. Thanks. Thank you, Sharon. Would anyone else like to share on this paragraph? This is Janice. Leia. Janice. Leia. I heard somebody before Janice. It was Chelsea. Chelsea. Okay, Chelsea, Janice, and Leah. Go ahead, Chelsea. Thank you. Thank you for your service, Monica. I'm Chelsea. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater for today. Um, There I humbly offered myself to God as I then understood him um, to do with me as he would. The the stuff in parenthesis in the um, commas there is what really jumped out to me because at this point, after I have come to the conclusion that I am powerless and I need power, and now I'm going to go ahead and make a decision about that conclusion that I just made, I um, don't have to know fully what it is or what it's all about. I just have to, at this point, trust, have faith. This is about coming to faith for that, faith that's something, not me, because it says, uh, that I admitted for the first time that of myself, I like to put a space in between that word myself, because my self, as governed by my own self, is, hasn't been working. In fact, when he saw Abby and they talked and all, because they talked for hours, he said that um, his self, his human will had failed him. He talked about that. But the main thing that he noticed was that something was at work in a human heart. That's what he had said. Something was at work that had done the impossible. So coming to a realization that of myself, in and of myself, I would be face down in the food right now instead of on the phone trying to do what my mandate is, my DNA, my code is to be of maximum service. I would be isolating, full of fear and all those other things. But because I assumed a posture of humility and willingness, I was able to receive some kind of grace, some kind of relief. And as I grow in effectiveness and understanding, I see now that this wording, as I then understood him, leaves the door open for me to know that I don't have to know anything more than that, but to follow up with the rest of the program, which is what he did. And then when he said my schoolmate visited me and I fully equated him with my problems and deficiencies. So there he's awakening He's coming to realize that, you know, I need to take accountability because that's what it's about, getting accountable. 
getting humility, getting some realization that the world doesn't evolve around just Chelsea. And I just love that whole idea that as I then understood him, it opens up the door for me not to have to have any clear description even of what it is, just knowing it's not me. And then I'm able to move forward and do the rest of the work, and then I will know because I will have experienced it. So um, just thanks, everybody, for being on the line. And I'm so grateful for Jimmy B., the original agnostic, for helping me to be able to do this program with all my heart and live my truth. Thanks for letting me share. Thank you, Chelsea. And Janice, you're up. Good morning. Good morning, Monica. Good morning, Vision, for you. My name is Janice. I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Thank you, God. You know, here, here in Bill's story, something occurred to me as I was reading Bill's story that this is the whole crux of the matter for me. What is being treated here for Bill, I believe, is, is what we will come to know as the obsession of the mind. Because I don't know if you're anything like me as a compulsive overeater, but I tried to put down the food hundreds of times. Hundreds of times. And if that had been my only problem, if that had been the only thing that needed to be changed, it would have worked. It would have worked. But what I suffered from, and what Bill would come to know as the allergy of the body and the obsession of the mind, it was the obsession of my mind that remained untreated. And it was that that was going to get me to pick up again and again and again, despite the desire and the wish to not do it. I would find myself doing it again. So here, Bill is diving in to what Evie is sharing with him worked. You know, here is what worked. And what's being treated is that obsession of the mind. There had to be something that would come between me and that obsession. And that's the power I was lacking. That's the power I was lacking. And here is access to that power. But freedom was not free. Freedom was not free. It was going to mean that I was going to have to disclose myself to someone, that I was going to have to dig deep. Because if I knew indeed that I was powerless, if I had admitted to myself that I was powerless, that my life was unmanageable, that something greater than me had to come in and help me. You know, I always like to say, willingness is something I cannot give to anyone. I cannot give that new person, that returning person, or anyone else sitting in the room with me or on the line here with me today. I cannot give them the willingness. But once they have that willingness, there is no stopping them. And Bill had the willingness. Unreservedly, he's giving himself over. Listening, all ears open to what Ebby has to say to him. Identifying it with Ebby. Because Ebby was someone he knew who had been as hopelessly a drunk as he had been. But something had happened. And Bill knew, you know, unreservedly he was going to dive in and start doing the work that had helped Ebby. So if you're anything like me, here we're being shown exactly what needs to happen and the steps as we would come to know them. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Janice. Leah, you'll be taking us out. Thanks so much, Monica. And good morning, everybody. My name is Leah, recovered 
compulsive overeater, my schoolmate visited me and I fully acquainted him with my problems and deficiencies. And, you know, obviously this is referring to step five, admitted to God, to ourselves and to another human being, the exact nature of our wrongs. And, you know, like Bill here, you know, he, he, we're all, we're looking for freedom. You know, we've had my experience, Bill's experience, you know, we're not looking for just a temporary respite here. We're looking for salvation. We are looking for freedom from bondage. Um, and as was just mentioned, freedom is not free. You know, there is some work I'm going to have to do. Step four, that that personal inventory definitely stirs the pot, you know, the contents of our uh, personality. And, you know, the same person will drink again. Bill, Bill was well aware the same Bill was going to drink again. The same Leah was going to eat again. You know, that is the reality with people like us. So the program of recovery takes us through some surgery of the spirit, you know, so that we can have this personality change, so that we're not tormented by memories and unresolved conflicts and fear and guilt and remorse that continues to haunt us. So the process here of step four and then five is to dismantle uh, you know, that false self, that ego, and, and disintegrate the masks that we've lived by for so long that have discolored our personality and have created, uh, you know, havoc in our relationships. Um, Bill here, you know, he had wrestled with life on a self basis, and because of that, because of those attitudes and outlooks, on life, he had cut himself off from God uh, and cut himself off from other people. And lived a life of, of isolation in the, you know, end of his drinking career. So, you know, step five, the big book teaches, you know, if we skip that vital step, we will not overcome drinking. We will not overcome uh, compulsive overeating. So how do we get free? Well, we get free through these steps, a personality change sufficient to bring about recovery that abstinence is not enough you know we have a spiritual malady uh abstinence is physical so how do we resolve the spiritual malady through the these steps such as outlined in these couple of paragraphs that we've been studying this morning that transforms us and allows us the salvation the freedom that we're all looking for and with that i pass thanks thank you leah And we've come to the end of our time this morning. Thank you to everyone who has shared. And we will now close with a reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. And Anita L., could you read for us, please, from a vision for you? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. 
we shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you. Until then.